0: Hi, I'm Sage, and hi, I'm Basil, and we're Drinking Spirit Spiritual.
1: Welcome back to another episode. We're happy to
0: have you. Yeah, yeah, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, before we get into it, we we have oh. we have business to discuss, Basil. Oh, business as in what's in your cup?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that's probably why. The real
1: question. The real <laughs> question.
0: <laughs> um. Okay, mine comes with a little explanation that I think everyone can relate to. You know when you buy like the huge bottle of Tito's and you just have like a tiny bit left? Like it's more than like two shots, but it's still just like so little and that huge fucking thing. (laughs) You you know. So uh, I was at the end of that. So yeah, so I was at the end of that and I um, poured it into a cup. Some ice and some pub soda and I had like maybe three sips of it already and I'm already tipsy. So we're 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 in. We are very in. Yeah. <laughs> by the end of this episode, I'm definitely gonna be drunk. That's all I'm gonna say. I think we've really
1: been messing um, from this podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is one when of us just
1: actually? sloppy by
0: the end of the day? What's gonna happen? It might have it might be this one.
1: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows?
0: Uh right, so Sage what are you drinking?
1: Um I am not drinking alcohol today, which I Yikes. think that uh, I've said that multiple times on this podcast and I feel like yeah. it's false advertising and I'm very sorry. But today I am not drinking just water. I am drinking a CBD latte. <laughs> So it's the, uh, it's from beam is the company and I love them. They're like, they're great. They're from Boston. Um, I kind of got introduced to them when I was living there and I am drinking the dream, which is a sleep promoting powder. And it's like hot chocolatey. It's so good, but it's like reishi mushroom and CBD and like just all these like great ingredients um no, beam is not a sponsor I feel like I'm doing a commercial for them not a sponsor <laughs> I'm a thousand percent open to it would gladly be sponsored by them but um beam, hit us up beam let's go <laughs> so that's um, what I'm drinking me so, hot chocolate oh my it's so good i I'll have to send you like a, I'm sure that they they have a referral program or something like friends and family referral. Like I got you. I'll send you a code. Listeners hit me up. I'll send you a code.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll have a code eventually. Um,
1: (laughs) Until we get the uh, sponsor code. We'll just, we'll use my personal one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So I'm going to be drunk by the end of this and you're going to be sleepy. Got
1: it. Yeah. it's Great content.
0: (laughs) That's what they're here for. No, no, no. They're (laughs) actually here for something else. So Sage, uh, tell me what we're talking about today. Today, we are talking about yoga.
1: Yay. And as a disclaimer before we get into this, I am a white passing Latina woman who has gone through yoga teacher training and I love yoga and I've been doing it for years and I kind of grew up on yoga. But I am not a scholar. I am not an expert. It is not my culture. It is, you know, thousands and thousands of years old and um, obviously has its roots in, in India and Asian cultures. And that's not where I'm from. And <laughs> I don't want to pretend that I have like a right to be doing this.
0: Right. Right. No, I like that disclaimer. I wanna put my own out there. Um, I do yoga the way that like most white people in America do yoga, which is like occasionally I take a class. Like I have a friend who is a yoga who's also a yoga teacher, different, a different friend than you. I have more than one. (laughs) More (laughs) friends than me? What? How dare you? (laughs) Yeah, shocking. (laughs) But she sometimes does Zoom classes every Mm -hmm. Saturday. And that's that is literally the extent of my yoga. Like I've done it in the past. But I know absolutely nothing. Like I am like clean slate.
1: <laughs> okay, well that's where we're going to come in today because I think that everyone knows the like. I'll I'll start using the lingo already. Everyone knows what the asana practices. So asana is like when you do the yoga class. It's the physical class of the movements that you right. go through. So asana is is postures, um, poses. So. That's why, like, at the end of... Uh, if you ever have a teacher who teaches um, and uses the Sanskrit words for the poses, like, Tadasana, mountain pose. All of them end in Asana because it's the, the pose. Oh.
0: <laughs> that... Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's Sanskrit, and um, I don't speak Sanskrit. I'm not going to pretend to know that I'm not going to pretend to know I know Sanskrit. But I do, like... When I when I do teach, I do like teaching in both English and also using the Sanskrit words because I think it is important to have a, at least a little bit of a connection to the history and the roots of yoga. Um, it's kind of just always been something that I've liked a lot, and the fact that I have I've taken a lot of Core Power classes and I <laughs> have done H I've done Yoga Sculpt training at Core Power, and they are really trying to phase out the sanskrit words from my understanding yeah because it's not quote-unquote accessible to people which is their thing they have i don't know if they use these exact words but the words that i i have heard used by people about core powers that they want to be the starbucks of yoga which is a thing right that they could say and i think they're doing a great job of being the starbucks of yoga but um i don't personally think that that is the best way to get people into yoga I think that's a great way to get people into physically moving and doing workout classes yeah but in terms of yoga it's very it's I don't think it's great um and core power has not been having the most stellar year in terms of where they've been standing on a lot of racial equality um things so we'll see what happens to them but on that note, but I will say yoga teacher training is kind of bullshit, right? So it's a 200 hour program, and that's not a lot of time if you really think about it. I did mine in three and a half weeks, 200 hours oh, in three wow. and a half weeks, and that's including lectures and classes and like self study, which is like studying for our exam at the end of it. Um, and it's all the reason it's a 200 hour program is because of yoga Alliance, which is the like quote unquote governing body of yoga, which is also kind of a wild concept. If you think about it, I'm not really going to go into that because, um, I don't really want to, I don't think it's, I don't, it's not really going to be the focus of my, my talk today, but I think if you really do want to hear some really intelligent people talk about it, there's a really good podcast called yoga is dead and they have two seasons. I I think they're so great. Um, they're, they're, incredible and like they are more of the people that you should be listening to to talk about yoga than me but (laughs) I'm gonna do a very bird's eye view intro to yoga and what it means and and the eight limbs
0: right so we're we are obviously not experts, and like there is—I yeah. mean, once again, you said it, but I think it bears repeating. There's a two thousand year history at least with this, like it's so. It's it's
1: extremely long, and like I've read, I've read a history book or two. Like it's part of the required reading for yoga teacher training a lot of times, Um, but it's definitely not a comprehensive study of the history and everything. Um, yeah
0: right we're we, we are just going to go through uh the basics and if you want to learn more we'll have some more shit like on instagram and again yoga is dead is something you can listen to like there's I'm more sorry, out though. but we'll give you the the, the beginning yeah <laughs> so we're just going to go with the
1: eight limbs of yoga because i think that's kind of an important thing so um the word ashtanga is Sanskrit and it literally means eight limbs and that is the Patanjali is kind of like the founder of this is like the one history, but I'll give you Patanjali is Um, (laughs) kind of like the founder of what we know today as yoga. So he lived many, many years ago. um, And he has kind of, he created this eight limbed um, guideline overview for a meaning and purposeful life, which is yoga. Patanjali Ashanga Eight Limbs. And the Eight Limbs are kind of a guideline journey for a meaningful and purposeful life. Okay,
0: that's, that's good. That's I like it good. so far. Yeah, I've literally never heard of that though. <laughs> like it's kind of wild to me that I've like literally have done yoga for several years now. Like again, not serious, but like I have never heard a single person ever say Eight Limbs.
1: Yeah, and it's, I think a lot of that is because it's hard to explain it all without being in like kind of a classroom or like conversational setting. Um, but it's, I really like the way that some teachers bring in some of these things. So we will, we'll just, we'll hop right in on the first limb because I think this is one of the ones that I've really liked when teachers have done, um, done a series of classes that kind of like go together. Um, And the first so the first limb is called the yamas. So the yamas are an ethical standard for life. It's kind of how you interact with the outside world. So there are five yamas, and I'll kind of just run through them really quick. So ahimsa is the first one. And I feel like people have kind of heard the word ahimsa because a lot of teachers like to use it. Um, and it really just means nonviolence. So that's why a lot of Yogis of like hardcore yogis, yoginis are um, vegan or vegetarian is because non-harm to the world, right? Right. Like it generally means like don't kill animals, like don't yeah. hurt other people, and like it makes sense that that would then translate to veganism. um In modern day, a lot of vegans or a lot of yogis are not vegans. A lot of vegans are not yogis, also. But that's another <laughs> conversation. <laughs> we'll get <into> that later. <laughs> but. So Ahimsa is nonviolence and it can be and it everything that is to the outside world also is to yourself. So when I do yoga and I think about and I'm like focusing on ahimsa, which I do pretty regularly, I have to tell myself to like tone it down and like not hurt myself oh, and not, you know.
0: Oh my god, wait. I fucking love that. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. Sorry, yeah. like briefly what when I was to therapy, <laughs> um, therapy is amazing. Everyone go. But anyways, but like one of my, God bless therapy. my therapist would always tell me like at the end of it, it's like, be gentle with yourself. And like, that is mm. the himza uh, right there. Like, I like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that.
1: And it's like, don't intentionally hurt people. Like don't be a dick. I don't <laughs> know. Like, <laughs> I feel like a himza is a pretty yeah. easy one to grasp. It's like, just don't, don't hurt people. And like violence can be physical. It can be emotional. it can yeah. be verbal. Like we all know these things. So that's I the first that. yama. The second yama is satya, which is truthfulness. And I mean, it's essentially—it's a lot of these kind of go. They all go together, which is why they're the yamas, and they are one limb. Um, but I don't think I really need to go and explain <laughs> be honest what truthfulness bitch, like. is. Like, yeah, don't again, don't be a dick. <laughs> that's what the yama <laughs> is. Don't be a dick. <laughs> And then number three, we're we're kind of on the same on the same way. Number three, the third the third yama is asteya, which is non-stealing. Like,
0: <laughs> self-explanatory.
1: The way that I really like this in like a yoga sense, though, is when you see someone on Instagram or you see someone like in a class, like, and they're doing a cool pose or like they're super flexible and they're whatever. Like, you don't get to steal that from them. You don't get to try and do that because you see someone else doing it like that's not your path so that's another like all these things have like a real like outside world way and it also has a yoga Mm -hmm. sense to it in my mind is like how I like to implement the yamas in my life um so that's a good one for a stay as like you see someone else doing something you see someone else with something that you want like you do not have the right to do that to take that from them for yourself The next one is brahmacharya, and this one is like a little bit controversial in terms of what it was originally in yoga, which was celibacy. And obviously, like, not obviously, because a lot of people do choose to stay celibate for one reason or another. Props Mm -hmm. to them, good for them. Not my (laughs) vibe. But (laughs) the way that I was taught to introduce brahmacharya in my life was to not give away your life force to other people was to like protect your soul to protect your,
0: your yourself
1: and to exactly. And like, which makes sense because sex is a very, very, you know, raw energy exchange kind of like at its core. Um, so it, it, it can, these things can change over time and how they're interpreted, but that's Brahmacharya. And it, like, it was celibacy, it's continence as I believe the actual word that um, is used in like most textbooks. That's what I have written in mine. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one, which is my favorite of the yamas. I don't know if I'm supposed to have favorites <laughs> of these, but I do. And this one is aparigraha. And it means non-covetous.
0: <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> you made that shit up.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's not a word, but it's, you don't like, you can't covet. Things, right. right so again we're kind of back to like the ten commandment situation where it's right. like these things make sense like Thou shall not steal Thou shall not lie
0: I think there's Kill, also like whatever I don't your, like neighbor's <laughs> wife I think that's <laughs> literally one yeah yeah there it Dalmataria. is <laughs> hello so
1: aparigraha is you like, don't covet things right and it's so the way that I and my one of my favorite teachers in the world she has the Sanskrit word for payagraha tattooed on her. And I respect the absolute shit out of that. Um, and I really want this to like really resonate with people because it's, it's kind of the same. It, it kind of goes along with Asteya in terms of not stealing someone else's mm-hmm. things, but it's don't covet something that like doesn't belong to you. Don't covet things that like aren't in your path. They aren't in your practice, especially, um, and really just like let stuff go. Yeah. Like it's it's the sand metaphor where it's like you can grab sand and the the more you hold on to it, the quicker it releases, the quicker you run out of sand right. in your hand. But if you hold it with a cupped hand, it stays. And that's kind of I think the best metaphor for parigraha.
0: Okay. Okay. I like it. And that's these are all that's all yamas, right? There's five. Okay. These are the Yamas. So the five yamas. basically, don't be a dick. Give your energy <laughs> to worthy yeah. things. To protect your energy from unworthy things. And let that fucking shit go if it ain't for you. Got it. Hell yeah. That's Fuck yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> Got one limb dog. Let's go. Second <laughs> limb. <lived. laughs>
1: The second limb is the niyamas and so if the yamas are kind of your relationship with the outside okay. world the niyamas are your relationship with yourself so it's self-discipline um so they kind of go along with it so the first one which i believe is is so important to everyone is saucha mm.
0: and then it's <laughs> cleanliness
1: don't Fuck be a dirty yeah. motherfucker just like take a shower i don't know like t- and it it talks about your space, you know, cleaning up after yoga. You like every, like if you go to, remember when we used to be able to go to yoga classes and people would like <laughs> clean up their mats at the end. When like you would clean yes. off the blocks before you put them back in the stack. Oh. Socha, just take care of your space, take care of yourself in like a very cleanliness manner. Um, Samtosha is the second one and it's contentment. That's exactly what it sounds like just it, it kind of goes along these these will definitely go along with the Niyamas because or the yamas because everything in the eight limbs kind of right. builds on the next so santosha is contentment tapas is heat and it's spelled the same as like the food tapas say. it's
0: very different <laughs> obviously so, no i want tapas <laughs> this is definitely the vodka talking <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So tapas
1: is heat and it's um it's one of the reasons like hot yoga has become such mm-hmm. a thing, I think, is because it like the literal like fire in your own self, it can be matched by your surroundings. Um so that's and it, it can be drive, it can be desire, it can be like a lot of things, oh. but just like disciplining your tapas and like being yeah. aware, like don't let yourself fly off the freaking handle when you right. get mad. But at the same time, know when you're passionate about something and, like, be aware of that and, like, lean into your passions. But don't let it control you is how I have always... I like that. ...taken tapas in. Um, The fourth one is probably my favorite of the niyamas, and it is spadyaya. (laughs) Sorry. Great word, first of all. Great word to say.
0: highly recommend trying it right now. Spadyaya. Oh, that is kind of fun. Yeah. Okay, that does roll off the tongue. It's a good word. (laughs) It does.
1: (laughs) And sadhya is the study of scriptures and the study of self. So read shit (laughs) that you like and journal and like ask yourself the hard questions and like get to know yourself in like a different way because you can't be self-disciplined if you don't know who you are. You can't be true to yourself if you like don't know that about Uh you. And like same with no, like they say sacred scriptures, but it can really just be like if whatever like speaks to you, I guess is kind of a better way that I think is like more productive than just like studying sacred scriptures because like you can read the Bible and like still suck as a person <laughs> or the Torah or the Quran, like, whatever, whatever your sacred script, your sacred scripture is, you can yeah. still suck as a person. Um, we see that. We know that for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and then the last one of the niyamas is Isvara Pradhyana. Okay. And that's surrender. And it's, you know, when you talk about like self-discipline, it, it, again, these all build on each other. You surrender to what, you surrender to yourself. You know, you don't surrender to the world around you. You surrender to yourself and like your strength. And it's, it really, ha- you have to be able to have contentment and heat and studying
0: yourself to be able to fully surrender to it okay I think I get it okay so these are so it it almost like encapsulates all the it was niyamas right in the way that like yeah like you have to be clean and content like know your passion and know yourself and then when you finally know yourself completely you you don't try to become someone else you just surrender to who you truly are and you stop, like, let the, yeah. stop the bullshit from, like, affecting yeah. you. Like, you are, you are you.
1: Yeah. This, yes. And this is not, I'm not saying that this is, like, the only interpretation of them. Like, this is how yeah. I use them. I really highly recommend, like, like looking into these because the the path of yoga, this Ashtanga path is, like, it has kind of, like, changed my outlook mm-hmm. on a lot of things on life. Um so we'll, we'll just, we'll keep going and maybe honestly, like we're why. two
0: in and I'm already like, give me your books. Like, I'm curious. I want to know more.
1: I'll, <laughs> I'll, i have a, I'll have a recommendation list. We oh, can put yeah. some links up. Um, the third limb everyone knows, and that's the Asana limb. So already you realize like, that's not the most important part of yoga. It's the third oh. of eight limbs. Like we're almost halfway right. in and we're at Asana, which is what everyone These the does.
0: These are the poses. So
1: got it. Yep. This is physically going to class we're not going to spend time on this one because um i don't it's literally the most <laughs> easily
0: accessible one like it's
1: it's what everyone which one's um, yoga, the one that you do at the end is
0: that for ph- 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 the one the corpse pose
1: Shavasana. yeah corpse
0: pose yeah yeah, yeah we yeah. we don't
1: Cor- so okay so we'll like really quickly go into corpse pose because i think it's one of the most interesting poses that we have and it's not an easy pose like yes it's yeah. laying down but it's it signifies the death of your practice. Yikes. And then you roll over to fetal oh. pose, which is the rebirth of your day or your night or your whatever. So you're coming off of your mat. You are letting your, your, the physical, your, your awesome practice for that day or for that moment, whatever. Some people do yoga eight times a day, whatever. You are letting that section of your practice die and you are rebirthing yourself into the world using what you learned on your mat. Oh, because it's all based on, you know, it. A, a lot of this is based on religion and and tales yeah. and all these things, and it's a karmic yeah. circle, right? So it's not like you die and you forget and you move and like that's it. Like you die and then you rebirth and you take what
0: you learned from your past life. And oh, you move on. I love this. Okay, I almost am mm-hmm. sad that like yoga has become so whitewashed that like we lose this because yeah. this makes it so much better than the fact like because before that pose would just me be like I'm fucking exhausted it's over okay love you rest
1: (laughs) right and the thing is like I don't think that we teach shavasana well in America I've taken classes in Ohio LA San Diego Boston New York I think Atlanta like I have taken uh, Colorado probably like almost every single place Arizona like I've taken class in a a lot of different places. And I don't think I've ever had anyone teach Shavasana well, except for in my yoga teacher training. And that was because we were doing a whole lecture on Shavasana basically. It was like a, it was a shortish lecture, but it was a whole thing on Shavasana. And um, it's not just like you lay there and relax. It's like there are, you are still supposed to be in a specific posture with alignment and things like this that are in that. But like we don't no. do that as well. And it's the same thing as mountain pose, like mountain pose, you stand there to you stand there and everyone's like, Oh, cool. I stand here. And it's like, that's not, not necessarily what it's supposed to be physically, even just in the yeah. posture, you know, but it's, that's a whole other <laughs> thing that we can get into. If I, like, if we ever want to do like a yoga, zoom yoga class, like I'm, I'm all in, I'll do it. But I, I don't, I don't love it because I can't adjust. I can't, Tilt your hips the perfect way that they're supposed right. to be. I can't, you know, adjust your arm. But like I love being able to like do the physical assists, but not everyone does, and that's totally fine. And like they got a whole different get- thing. You know, not every teacher is the same, yeah. blah, 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 whatever. Nice. Anyway, we've spent yeah. more time on the house. <laughs> <Tangents, you. laughs> <again.
0: laughs>
1: what podcast they're made of. Um, okay, so the fourth limb is. Really, really, really important. Um, and it is pranayama. And it's breath control. Mm-hmm. So prana is the life force. It, that's I don't know if that's the direct um, Sanskrit to English translation, but that is yeah. that is what it is. So pranayama is a life force oh. extension. So it is believed, and it is, it's, it's basically true, you can train your body to extend your life. What's- because... <laughs> so the whole if you think about your breath as a circle right and you think about your life as a circle every inhale is a birth and every exhale is a death so you can teach your body to extend the birth the life and you can also so there's these like crazy tales of people and I don't I'm not gonna say that I know that they're true or false but there are these crazy stories of these of of yoga masters from ages and ages ago I think including Patanjali who I was talking about earlier who were pronounced medically dead because they could control their breath so much that they made their heart stop and they had a doctor check it you know and then they were just like no and then I just inhaled
0: (laughs) no no no
1: (laughs) no I'm like excuse me and so I did not realize that I was like super into pranayama until I was in yoga teacher training. And like, we obviously did like an hour and a half of pranayama every day, um, which was awesome for me because I, you know, I was like an athlete growing up and like, I, I think, I feel like I have pretty decent lung control and, um, it was interesting being able to like kind of I don't want to say quantify it because I wasn't exactly quantifying it, but like being able to look at it in a new way of not just like, I can breathe really deep and hold my breath for a long time. <laughs> like it, like that's stupid. But like actually training myself, my lungs, my ribs, my diaphragm, my like whole being to like really tap into breath. That is cool. This is- and so it's a connection between... And you, you can connect your breath to your mind, to your emotions. Like you can physically bring yourself out of fight or flight mode right. just using your breath because it's all about your nervous system and you have your CNS and your PNS yeah. and like, you know, whatever. But it's all very, it's all, and it's all very, very science based. Um, but you can breathe your way out of freaking out. You can breathe your way
0: out of a fight or flight mode. And
1: that's oh, it so is. cool. I mean, yeah,
0: breath is important. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like, we're like, Kind of skirting the edges of meditation right now, where I'm just like, uh, yeah, we'll amazing. Get there. I uh, we'll get there. Episode or two later, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, we're like a couple oh, limbs away. Oh, but we're yeah. even a limb away. We got there. Oh, I didn't even know that.
1: We're we're a couple limbs away. Okay, so that was number four, Pranayama. Okay. Number five is Pratyaharya, and this is kind of where we get into meditation, but we're not quite at meditation. So Pratyaharya is a withdrawal, oh. right? So it's, you draw your awareness away from the outside world. Mm-hmm. So it's, this, it's kind of hard to explain without getting into the next couple of them. So I'm kind of going to go through these next okay. couple of limbs together. So Pratyaharya is the withdrawal. Dharana is the sixth limb and it's concentration. So Pratyaharya, you're taking your, awareness you're taking your your uh, the distractions away from the Mm -hmm. outside world dharana you're concentrating on something right so your outside distractions are gone after pratyaharya and then in dharana you focus on the inside distractions so like when you meditate when you okay so when you come into a meditation Mm -hmm. you sit down and you close your eyes And you put music on. You do something to kind of like drown the world out. So that's Pratyaharya. And then once you come into yourself and you are focused on something, that's Dharana. I love it. And then the seventh limb of Dhyana is the actual meditation. So it's step one, step two, step three. But it's five, (laughs) six, and seven. Um, And it's, so Dhyana is meditation. It's, they they say um, it's awareness without focus. And so it's kind of that like deep meditation stage where you are aware that you are a physical human being that exists and like there's a world, but you don't, you're not focused oh, on yeah. any of it. You're just, you're just aware. And it's, I think that's hard to explain if you've never done a full meditation, if you've never been into a state of yeah. Dhyana. I like... And like, so you and I, like, we 100% <laughs> yeah. get it, but it's hard to explain to someone who's like, what do you mean you're aware, but you don't know? <laughs> like, it's it's a weird, it's it's a weird concept that I think if you've been in like a good meditation, yeah. it's that's the only way that you really fully understand what it is supposed to mean. And it's really hard because it's not something that it's like, again, we have to come back to the yamas and the niyamas of the non-grasping and the contentment. And like, if you've never felt that, like, that's you, you, this, the eighth limb path is what right. this is, right? So you're just getting there. You are on your way there. You just might not be there yet. And that's also totally okay because let that shit go. Don't hold on to it. It's like sand, yeah. you know, we're bringing it back all it the way to the beginning. In a
0: circle. But also like that. Exactly. Diana. right? That's how you say it. That is, mm-hmm. that type of meditation is so difficult to like achieve, even if like, yeah. Like slightly, like I'm, I picture myself like going like to the side, right? Like a little sidestep into like, just like meditation without the eight limb path. Like that just meditating for like 15 minutes can be difficult, like on certain days. And like, I meditate every Mm -hmm. day. And some days my fifteen minutes, like I can easily go into thirty. And some days, like today, I was meditating and I was like, "Has it been fifteen minutes." And it's like it's
1: been six minutes, and it's like, "Holy shit!" I feel like yeah. I've been here for two hours. Like you don't always you, and it, yeah, and that's the thing is you can fluctuate between, you know, Dharana and Dhyana and Pratyahara. Like you can when you, when you meditate, you can you fluctuate between these three states. It's kind of like a I think of it sometimes like a REM oh. cycle. It's like, you don't necessarily get to choose what station of your REM cycle you're in right. when you're sleeping. It's just like, it happens. Yeah, it's it your body it. or
0: it's not happening.
1: Like, yeah, exactly. So with that being said, we'll get Yay. to our last limb, our eighth limb and Patanjali. I like looked this up earlier to make sure I got it right. Cause it's kind of a, <laughs> yeah. it's a fun one. Um, but Patanjali called it a state of ecstasy Ooh. where it's kind of like enlightenment, but it's a goal and a journey. You know, it's kind of like the summation of this 8 limbed path, and it's not something you can have. And it's some, but it, you just get to like be right. in it. So it's kind of like what we were saying about meditation: is like, you don't always hit, you don't, you don't always hit dhyana, you don't always hit samadhi. When you hit samadhi, you just have to be in samadhi because you don't know
0: when you're going to get oh, samadhi. Oh, you just enjoy it. You just, you get it, you enjoy it mm-hmm. and you let it go when it goes because it kind of will go.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like a you, 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 loo- you merge with your focus, right? So earlier we had, we had withdrawal, we had concentration and then you have meditation. But this is, you merge with, whatever you're focusing on whatever you're meditating on and you become like they say like you become one with everything and so it's kind of like a transcendent it's a a, the easiest way that people kind of like understand it is enlightenment even though it's not exactly the same thing like but it's 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 kind of as close as we get in yoga to using the word enlightenment
0: (laughs) (laughs) i like it that is yeah that is so, I, I like, I really enjoyed this, but I'm also just kind of so sad that I have done yeah. yoga so often. And, like, I just remember this. I literally took a yoga class in college. And, like, it was an actual, like, physical, mm-hmm. like, we did yoga every day, like, class. But, like, there was a class component to it. Didn't learn this fucking shit. Right. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's really sad. So, like, I love,
1: I, even in, so, like, I did a lot of, as I said earlier, I'm trained in yoga sculpt core power. Like I've done a shit ton of core power yoga sculpt classes. And like, that's all fine and dandy. It's a great workout, like props to them for coming up with it, whatever. But I have a couple of, of teachers who I love to death and they will regularly do a whole series on the yamas or the niyamas or the chakras and do chakra balancing yoga sculpt. And I think that that's so important that, they are really kind of like living up to their title of yoga Mm -hmm. teacher.
0: Yeah.
1: And it sucks. It sucks that like there's so many, there's thousands and thousands of yoga teachers in this country alone and our two fucking cities alone who don't give a shit about any of this or like, don't try and do anything with it. And I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's sad because I think this stuff is really cool. And I have, I mean, I'm literally about to start another teacher training in a couple of weeks <laughs> because I just want more, and like it is more of an awesome practice. And I will admit that off the top of that, off the top of this, just because um, I I don't want to come off like I'm gonna come back and try and be some blind asshole. But like, we know who we are. I always want to learn from like different people, and like there's there's so many different perspectives even within yoga that like I don't think that not doing something. That wasn't what I wanted to say. Um, just like, I just think that like everyone in the industry, I hate that it's an industry, but whatever, we'll go with it. Um, everyone in the industry like has something to offer, whether it's just a physical asana practice or if it's like a very true, you know, different kind of yoga. So there's a million different kinds of yogas. Right. Um, what, do you know what kinds of yoga you've I done do actually, because
0: again, I, I'm a bit more than the average person. And I actually do have a favorite <laughs> which is True. not the it's not <gasps> the only one it's actually kundalini I did I did a class yeah. a few of them actually like where we grew up there was like one that was like in between the two houses when we lived like super close together exactly. I know the one you're talking about <laughs> and they had yeah <laughs> a, like they had that class mm-hmm. there didn't we go to that I place think so. together one time yeah. Okay. yeah okay right I would- <laughs> But I did a kundalini class and I think I've done it like once or twice. And it was like one of my favorite ones that I've ever done. And I think that's because it kind of hit more. It was less of like a workout workout. Like it wasn't just like a straight like mm-hmm. sun salutation. Like that series is actually my least favorite thing.
1: You don't like a sun? Oh my God. I love a sun cell. I probably do 15 sun salutations a day. Literally whenever I get a notification on my wa- on my like Apple watch that I have not stood that hour I will do five sun cells just to like because I it tells me like hey you've been sitting for too long and I'm like oh my god you're right and like it's a whole energy thing for me I freaking love a sun cell and I feel I hate that I say sun cell but it also is so much easier to say than than sun salutation it's easier to say than surya namaskar which is what the sanskrit for sun salutation is um yeah yeah I love a sun why do you not like them I think it's just because
0: I, mean, I, you know, I don't know if it's because it's like a movement that I've done in so many of like my, like, I'm going to call them basic, yoga know, with classes, they're not basic, but like they're definitely the ones that we're all thinking about when like we go to like a teacher that like doesn't say any of the Sanskrit words. We always do so many sun styles and I'm always like, this is boring. Can we do something else? Literally. Yeah, there's gotta be other poses. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But I think that's kind of like the beauty of them is that like they are the basis of, I mean, I, I, from what I remember from my understanding of, of where Sun Salutations came from, it was literally a ritual to welcome the new day. And it was like something that you do every single day. And it's, it's part of a morning ritual. Like it was probably like one of the OG morning rituals, if you think about it. (laughs) Like, you know, it, it's the same every single day, which is the same as the sun, you know, it's been around for, I mean, the sun's been around for millions of years. Yoga hasn't quite been along, around for that long, but that. it's it, its the same every single day, day after day. And like, I don't know, I think I take a little bit more comfort in that than you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe. Capricorn, Aries. Yeah, go no, it's a new day, something new.
1: <laughs> but it's honoring, you know, it honors the sun through a dynamic movement and like they're not hard but they're not easy you know no There's, yeah that's that was- that's really I think that's interesting that you don't like them
0: yeah no I think and I think it though it goes back to the like favorite classes that I've taken are not like the the normal one because like we talked about kundalini but like another one that I've done is ashtanga am I saying mm-hmm. that right yeah and that was the one that like we like it was slow and like we did like and it was just like, we focused in on the it's pose. so deliberate, yeah. Yeah, and I like like that deliberate. And I guess like part of my reason why I don't like sun cells is like, maybe also because I can't get the rhythm right. And so then I'm like- Oh my God, that is like the right.
1: basis of Ashtanga though. Like they do, they go hard on the sun cells. Cause like, so I'll give a really quick background about Kundalini and Ashtanga because we've talked about them. So Kundalini is all about like the life force energy, right? They, they it, it's right. The, the, they're- uh, something about a snake it's the the life force energy is kind of like it's it's depicted as a snake because it like wraps around the spinal cord and so kundalini is all about um channeling the life force energy and like really like honing into it i guess i know it's a Mm -hmm. lot of chanting it's a lot of singing it's a lot of kriyas which is a combination of asana and chanting and singing um it's fun.
0: Not for cool. everyone, for sure. But like, I like it. I have to be
1: in like the right mood to want to chant. And I feel like it's like very frowned upon in like Western yoga, which is also sad because there's right. really like there's some fun chants that like I learned at teacher training that I still think of kind of like on a regular basis because of like what they are. And like what they mean, there's one that's like about building partnerships. There's one about like new ventures. There's like a couple of these things that I like think about pretty regularly in terms of chanting, but that's kind of like a whole other situation that we could go into yeah. one day. Um, and then, so that was kundalini it's like, it's the snake and it has, um, some like sexual connotations to it as well. Um, <laughs> but that's like only in like certain sex within kundalini. Like it's, I don't know, kundalini is kind of a, uh, a separate thing from what my practice is. But then you also mentioned Ashtanga and I said it was very strict. Um, So they have like different series of Ashtanga uh, vinyasa. So vinyasa is a flow, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, But so you have to be able to master one Ashtanga to move to the next Ashtanga. So there's like Ashtanga, like beginner Ashtanga, then there's, you know, Ashtanga one and there's, Ashtanga you know, and so you kind of have to, I know it a lot of places that I have moved to and I have, cause I move all the time. Um, I've looked at yoga classes and I've yoga looked at yoga studios that offer <laughs> Ashtanga. And it's like, you have to prove that, you know, if you want to take Ashtanga one, you have to prove that you've done this many hours of Ashtanga beginner or like Ashtanga, whatever it is. Like, and oh. it's it's very strict. It's a very interesting, um, my, one of my, I think my cousin is, uh, trained in Ashtanga and she loves it. And I, it's too strict for me. I like having a flow. So I'm more of a Vinyasa, Hatha, Yin, really. Oh, yin is very, very different, but I, I love, I'm much more of the like Western yoga kind of person <laughs> where I really like it. I really love a Vinyasa, which is if you've been to core power, you've taken a Vinyasa class, but it's flow, it's powerful. It's, um, breath to linking breath to movement. You know, it's, um, yes. it's kind of what Western yoga has, become because it is so movement based because it's a fitness class um and then hatha yoga is kind of anything that's a physical movement is hatha yoga I, it's it's kind of like the overarching term that like is an introduction to the physical practice of ashtanga or um other ones that we can talk about uh iyengar yoga is actually really interesting so it's kind of the same idea as ashtanga as you have like you have to master one grouping to get to the next grouping and Iyengar is cool because you really, really break down the poses into the absolute most proper form.
0: Right. So it's a lot of
1: props. It's a lot of props. And it's like using the wall, using a stool, using a chair, using bolsters and whatever. And it's getting every single piece of your body separately into the pose that it's supposed to be in. Oh, that's cool. So it's very, it's definitely not for everyone because it's not a very like yoga e-class. It's kind of like, okay, move your hip two degrees outward. Like,
0: <laughs> ro- oh, so precise.
1: Like, it's so, it's very precise. And it was, I think for me, it was really interesting getting to do it. I'd never done it before when I went into training. And then we had a really, really good Iyengar teacher who was a teacher at my teacher training. Um, and he... You know, just kind of like, you kind of have to be okay with getting adjustments in Iyengar because because it is so very much about like the positioning of your body that it's like, if you don't understand the meaning of externally rotate your humerus, but then bring your wrist inward, like if you cannot fully... Grasp what that means, you need Whoa. someone to physically rotate your humerus out and rotate your radius in, and like not everyone's okay with that, and that's again totally okay, but like, yeah, you might not want to go with Iyengar, um, <laughs> just because it's kind of like the nature of it. But it's really if you want to get to like the root of the poses, I still to this day think about when I go into Warrior Two, Fear of a Two, um, I still think about the day that we did the Vera series, the Vera, the warrior series in Iyengar. And I was, I probably had like bruises of how much this guy was like, for like, cause it's, it's like so, moving. Yeah. Just like moving me because like, I don't know, I have like really tight hips. So it's like, I try and move one piece of my body one way. And then the other one kind of just moves because it has to, cause that's just like how I'm built or like, that's not how I'm, it's how tight my muscles are and like, whatever. But um, it was kind of interesting that like, I think I was more sore from an Iyengar class than I was for like, you know, two hour long vinyasa classes. Like it was hard.
0: That's cool though. Like it's nice to like, it's, it's cool that like there is a practice in which like you really have to focus on. The actual pose and like every part yeah. of your body. I really like the mind. It is very like, like meditative,
1: also. Like, it's, yeah, because you have to be very, very aware. You have to have very good proprioception of like, you know, <laughs> body awareness. And like, yeah, I, you understand that, like, you know, your middle finger, if you move your middle finger, the rest of your hand is going to move with it. And so, like, you have to be so aware of where every single piece of your body is in order to achieve. I guess Uh, achieve is the bad, is not a great word for yoga, but like in order to, you know, what it's, it's wild. It was really interesting. Um, but then I think my favorite that is on the opposite end of this is yin yoga, which is very restorative. You hold poses Mm -hmm. for like two minutes. You just got, (sighs) you just get to chill and it's so good. And it's really good for like circulation. It's really good for flexibility. It's really good just to you do something that's not high impact, you know, and like yeah. not that yoga is super high impact. but in in America and the Western world, you know, we really love a hit class. We really love a hardcore strength training class. I love berries. I love core. i I don't love core power as a company. I love some of the workouts Moving. that I get from doing core power. Yeah. I love um there's a couple like boutique fitness places in different places that I've lived that I really, really like their classes, but it's always so like, go, 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 go. That yeah. like I I love a yin class so just to like bring me back down and be like you
0: need to chill like and
1: it does it's like a good
0: um, period workout
1: <laughs> it is oh my god yeah well especially so, uh, real quick there's
0: there's some
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is some interesting you know old versus new school yoga discussions about what you should and shouldn't do on your period because. Oh your body is expelling something from itself. Right. So that's a very heavy downward energy is what they refer to it as, I believe. Um, And so there's a lot of people that say you shouldn't do inversions because it, if you turn upside down, gravity's going the opposite
0: direction and that's not (laughs) what your body wants. That's not not the right movement. (laughs) So
1: it's, I don't think there's any science behind it. I think it's just kind of like a thing, but if you go to like a traditional yoga, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that say that you should not do um, should not do inversions if you're in your period. Interesting. Well, it's each their own.
0: That's what I say. <laughs> it's also like
1: inversions might not be in your practice, That might not be an issue for you anyway? Yeah, but, no, definitely. Um, I
0: cannot do that. So not even a concern. <laughs> oh
1: my God, can I, I want to do an inversion workout with you. That'd be fun absolutely I love I love to teach inversions I'm not great at inversions but I love teaching them because they're (laughs) super cool seeing someone get their first inversion is like so fun it is it is such a good like teacher moment and that's like it's really indulgent but like it's a great moment when someone like really hits their first inversion and you're like they're like
0: I got it you know and you're there for it you like it yeah I kind of helped
1: with that anyway that was a lot about yoga
0: yeah Oh my, God, that was so much, but it also is like, we're going to have to like do a, we're going to do an Instagram post on like different resources and shit, oh, because well, now yeah. I'm like, I really want to do like a yin, f- like y- flow yoga class right now. And now I know I'm, like, a yin oh. flow. So if
1: you go to, um, <laughs> you like pause, I have it. I have, a, I know one of my teachers, one of my coaches does, um, does a yin class. So her Instagram is Katie be happy with two Y's at the end of happy. So K A T I E B H A P P Y Y on Instagram, Mm -hmm. sign up for her, um, her uh, newsletter or whatever. Anyway, she hosts a yin class once a week on zoom and she hosts a like skull or she hosts, she does a lot of, of um, online stuff um, but hit us up on our Instagram and I will let you, I'll let you know about her boot camps and her yogas and all, all of the, the things, things that she does because she is such a light in this world. And I love her so much. Um, Aww. so yeah, all right. she, yeah, we'll have that. Done. We'll,
0: we'll make a post with all the yes. like resources and books because now I want to read more books about it.
1: This <laughs> has got me okay. in it. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy. I'll send you the link. I'll actually repost. Um, the teacher training that I'm going to start doing soon because it's a, uh, it's a guy named Carson and he is doing a pay what you can yoga teacher training. Um, oh. And that's really incredible because there's so many teacher trainings that are thousands and thousands of dollars and not everyone has the resources to do that. And so it's, no. it's pay what you can, except for the $25 that it costs him to create and shift the manual. So it's $25 if that's all you can afford at this point in time. Um, Me. Yeah. <laughs> like if you just quit your job in the middle of the pandemic.
0: Um, Me. Oh so, my God, I'm going to do this. And it's a
1: five-week program. It's, two, it's, a 200, it's a registered 200-hour yoga alliance. Like it's so cool. So we'll repost him as well. Um, and it's, it's, it is a like, I think an $820 program, but Damn. he is... I mean, which is already one of the cheapest programs I think I've ever seen in my life. Um Whoa. Which, yeah, it's crazy. But if you can only afford to pay for the manual and shipping, like, then that's what you pay for this. And it's incredible. Um, and that's, that's when I'm starting. Um, soon I have to, like, and pick me, a date. Apparently. And like, <laughs> We're going to do it together. Let's make a whole, yeah. s- whole squad. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's all get certified as yoga teachers. But let's also yeah. remember that that's bullshit. And the Yoga Alliance should not have to tell us, should not be like the end-all be-all of like who teaches yoga because it's fucking crazy that they are right now. Uh,
0: that goes into, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's um, more than we can handle right now, but yeah. we leave that conversation <laughs> open for the future that we write. Well, listen to Yoga
1: is dead. They have a really great, uh, they have one that's called 200-hour program or 200-hour the 200 hour killed yoga and it's so that's how the that's the format of all their episodes is like something killed yoga anyway one of the one one of the last ones they did before they went on their like season break was um 200 hours killed yoga and it's a really good um conversation about a lot about yoga alliance and how it became to be but i will leave that to them because they are way smarter than i am i think so shout out (laughs) to yoga's dead podcast
0: (laughs) Also not sponsored, but like now I'm going to go off to listen to them too. I uh, highly recommend it. Anyway, okay. so. Um, I like this. Now that that's over. <laughs> but you did a lot. You taught me so much, Sage. You also got me into a yoga training class. You didn't even realize you were going to do that at the end of this, but you did it. So what, I'm shifting gears though. How was your past week? What was your <laughs> shot in Chaser?
1: Um, so my, I would say my shot was was a literal shot, a literal <laughs> shot of tequila, multiple literal shots of tequila and something else. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, Saturday, God. one of my, my, two of my roommates, they were like, we're going to happy hour. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah, sure. Go to happy hour. And uh, then we're walking home and we realized that one of our favorite bars that we live near, who has been doing very well with outdoor seating and, following regulations and the whole bit. Uh, they are they're closing their doors forever oh, this weekend so was their last weekend open? and so of course we stopped by. and of course, that led to shots, which led to other shots, which led to me, um which what I guess my my chaser from all these shots was that I slept <laughs> so much yesterday hashtag recovery mode. Um, oh, yeah so I feel I feel pretty good today though like I slept <laughs> a lot. I I drank a lot of water. I had two and a half meals today because that's generally what I eat in a day anyway. No, wait. (laughs) It's the most I will eat in a day is two and a half meals. I'm having my CBD. Like I'm feeling really good today. So it was kind of like a, I don't know. It was, it was a forced chaser, I guess. I physically could not do anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was a very rough Sunday for a very good Monday yes exactly i like that. what was your shot in chaser well mm, fuck you on that note my shot is that uh covid sucks and i can't take a shot in a bar actually they're still closed down la Uh, not looking great right now yeah no. la is we (laughs) switched to like a new system to figure it out now the four phase
1: thing right or the four it's colors now Oh Jesus!
0: Yeah. So and there's no green because Governor <laughs> Newsom doesn't want anyone to believe that it's normal yet. So no one. Can I be kind of green. respect that. Yeah. No. It's like it's. But not. What's
1: the worst then if it like stops but, at yellow?
0: No. Th- yeah. This is what I don't like because the worst is my favorite color, purple. Oh,
1: that's a good color. You can't make that the worst. Oh, well, it's literally what are you the best, doing,
0: Gavin. <sighs> I'm so pissed. But it's it's purple, red, orange, yellow. So I get that like it technically is part of a spectrum, like it circles back-ish. I don't end. know. I'm help- I'm trying I'm trying for him. Yeah. But whatever. Gavin yeah.
1: not not our guy right now.
0: <laughs> no. I mean he's doing his best. It's not his fault. But <laughs> um but on that, my chaser is completely unrelated to this. I got a dresser from IKEA, something I bought when I still had a job. <laughs> <laughs> just putting it out there and I did some DIY this past weekend so it looks really nice in my room I love watching
1: your um your Instagram story of you like doing the whole thing I was like look at her so fucking handy like damn yeah no I
0: like I sand I built it I sanded it I stained it I put in new uh, doorknobs or drawer knobs yeah you know
1: I'm also almost done with this vodka
0: thing (laughs) we knew we would get there eventually yeah we're here um before you
1: completely go off the rails though you have something to tell us you have our oh, the more have, you know of the week the which you should probably know. not be super drunk for because
0: no it is pretty serious um yeah. I don't actually think I said this yet on the pod but I am actually a licensed attorney <laughs> <laughs> we we buried the lead <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think think anyone knows that. Um, And in law school, I worked at a international human rights clinic at my school, and I I did many projects, and I actually forgot about this one until I read on the New York Times that Lesmond Mitchell was executed on Wednesday. For anyone who doesn't know, which is the whole fucking point of this segment, um, Lesmond Mitchell was a Navajo man. He, um, he did, I'm not hiding this, he did commit a double murder um, on Navajo land. Um, again, and the victims were Navajo as well. And what you may not know is that um, in, in America, this is federal law that Native American nations can opt out of the death penalty when a crime is committed on Native land by Native people against other Native people which is what this crime was. So that was satisfied, except that in typical fuck American uh, judicial system, they disregarded that and they still sentenced him to the death penalty. So I actually worked on his case about two years ago now and I submitted a brief to the Inter-American Court of Human Rights, which is a whole fucking other thing. I'm not even gonna explain it. So (laughs) sorry, it's too much. It's international law, but it basically was saying like, this is illegal for America to execute him. And they still did. And it's very upsetting for me is personally, but also like, just generally. Is this, is this the same idea
1: of the court of the case that went to the Supreme Court that was settled like literally months ago about Oklahoma being native land because there was a crime committed? Is am I conflating a couple of things or is this generally you know? along the same lines? Cause I don't understand how this like if if it's the same thing, which I'm assuming it is because it sounds familiar <laughs> to me, and I could totally be wrong. You can tell me, but it, like, how how does this still happen? If there's like, I guess it's just like colonizers being colonizers is the the general underlying sense there. But like theme of the I- show
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, to answer your question, and I actually did not dive deep into the Supreme court ruling because I knew that it was ruled rightly surprisingly. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah so I was like, like cool victory speech. done check. But that was upholding a treaty that said that basically half of Oklahoma was Oklahoma land, which then led into, I believe, and you know, I'm gonna have to fucking double check this, but <laughs> now uh, we're going to
1: make you go back to your lawyer roots. <laughs> yeah, you are.
0: <laughs> um, but I think it did tie into this fact that there is a federal law that Native American nations can opt out of the death penalty. And I think the one of the sad parts about this crime, as well as that the um, family of the victims wrote in support of staying in the death penalty and stopping the execution. And what may not be in newspapers, but something that I obviously know from working on the case is that this man was, um, deeply mentally ill and had a lot of and there was a lot of clear evidence that he was under the influence of many drugs not one but many drugs during the yeah. crime so yeah it was not I mean I oppose the death penalty as like a thing but like this one was definitely not
1: in his hard. Yeah. yeah no that's that's not great America we're not doing no. well
0: but on a, a side note things. with this, <laughs> and um, this is not a light read, so I'm suggesting this only to people who really want to get into it. I actually am reading The American Genocide, and it is about the genocide against Native Americans in California, where I live. So not something I suggest to everyone, but if you want to like learn more about um, this and the crimes against Native Americans by the American government, uh, I recommend. And it was recommended to me by a judge who is Native American. So, like, this is not just me. It's coming from someone else who is very um, well-versed in the experience and the fucking subject matter. Yeah, sorry. Like, Again, yeah. really... No, I know.
1: It's great. And I think I think that right now there is, you know, a huge push for people to expand their worldviews on a lot yeah. of things. And, like, that's so important. Like, I, I've been doing the same thing, and I've really been – I've been going through my social media and and taking note of, you know, how many people of color I'm following, how many native people I'm following. And, and it's been really interesting to, you know, see my own biases in my life and whatever. But, um, someone that I've really enjoyed following is, uh, I found her because she's a Lululemon ambassador in Los Angeles, but she (laughs) is native. Um, she is a, she's a global ambassador. So she's not just in LA. She is, um, kind of incredible and her name is jordan um and her instagram is native in underscore la um and she if you want to get informed about things that are happening in um you know obviously i'm going to say like native lands but like there are so many different tribes across the country and like right. one native land is not all native land um but she lives in la and she is um she's a runner and she does a lot of stuff with um for running for justice so if you want to learn more about the native community if you want to learn i i, I don't want to say That I believe that she is a specific try because I'm gonna feel like a total dickwad if I'm wrong, so I'm not even gonna try. (laughs)
0: We're not, you know, Um, we'll figure it out.
1: But I will, I will update, Um, and we can share some of her stuff on our Instagram as well. But she is, um, she is incredible, and I've learned a lot from following her. Um, So I, I very much recommend.
0: Yeah, I think the 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 wrap up of this episode is really just to. remember like your own bias remember where you're coming from your own life experience mm-hmm. it is valid it is just not everyone's and just recognizing yeah. that like everyone has a different like life experience and culture and recognizing that you are in some cases a visitor and, yes. and you just need to be a respectful visitor yeah, yeah.
1: and on that note <laughs> <laughs> and on that note such a light note that we end that's on the end. every time. <laughs> Um, thank you guys for listening to another episode. We are Drinking all Spiritual. Feel free to like, subscribe, leave us a review. Um, you can, we're on Instagram at Drinking all Spiritual. You can text us. We are at 424-259-3031. We will answer any and all texts we get.
0: Yes please do. And then of course, um, thank you to our listener, Liz, who suggested that we keep it simple for our outro. So thanks for drinking with us.